This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at MJMunoz.com. Welcome to Story Over Everything. This is a Skimming Leaves episode. It's episode 48, actually, of Skimming Leaves, where I'm talking about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. This is a casual book chat episode. It's uh, very short as far as content for the casual book chat. So after I finish talking about Harry Potter, or after Pass Me is done talking about Harry Potter Book 7, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's next for Skimming Leaves slash Story of Everything slash whatever I call the thing in the end. It's, it's actually, uh, hold on, let me see. I can't actually look it up right now, but it's got a title, and I do know what it is, and it's already on assets that I've made for the first episode, which has actually already been recorded, uh, in part at least. So, anyway, uh, I'm just gonna preface by saying, despite how it sounds at first, uh, and then how I contradict myself after that, I do like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I thought it was a really interesting book, and I'll tell you some of the reasons why. I don't cover a lot of it, because so much of it is spoilers, and I think, honestly, I probably started recording right after finishing the book, and I just wanted to spoil it so much that I couldn't allow myself to speak that much about it. So, uh, yeah, that is part of the reason it's a shorter episode, but again, after it's done, you'll get to hear me talk about what's next, and what books we can look forward to reading, uh, and talking about together. So Harry Potter Book 7, The Deathly Hallows, is a very interesting book. uh, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it, other than the fact that I like it. The ending of it was a little too short for me. Uh, I appreciate the epilogue. Uh, It was a very short epilogue. I almost wonder if I would have enjoyed it more without the epilogue, if it had just had some sort of other denouement, and, and that was the end of it. I'm not sure. Because the resolution, honestly, like, the final battle type thing happened kind of quickly. Like, it was interesting. There were, like, nice steaks, you know, fat, juicy steaks. Um, and, you know, overall, that was good. And I felt really, you know, huh, I don't, it was it was semi-anticlimactic. I'll be 100% honest. Uh, I won't share what I mean by that just yet. But the, like, big showdown final match was almost not a big showdown in the final match, and I think it's thematically correct, and I don't necessarily know what Rowling was trying to say with that, or Rowling, as they call her in the audiobooks. I don't think I necessarily know what Rowling was trying to say with the way it ended, but there was a really nice, after the final battle was over, uh, moment of uh, reflection and, and coming down from things that I really appreciated, and Gosh, how do I put this? Can I say this right out or not? I'll, I'll be vague about it. There's an ultimate weapon, basically, that Harry is able to utilize at some point, and he has it in his possession. Maybe that's the more correct way to say it. He has it in his possession, and he seeks counsel from somebody, and he decides to lay down his arms, and to, not literally his arms, but he chooses to take this super weapon which may need to be taken from somebody by blood or by bloodshed I should say Well, and to clarify that means that the ultimate power of this weapon is most effective when you have murdered 
the previous owner of it and taking it from their corpse. And Harry decides to end the... He decides to do something that will break the power of this weapon. And he basically ruins it for himself. And that's a very interesting choice. It's a very bold choice, especially because earlier in the book, he had become fixated on finding this weapon. And you can guess, I'm sure, Voldemort had been uh, fixated on finding this weapon. And it was really an interesting turn. It was really interesting to see how the two of them were warped by it, and even some other characters were awe-stricken and desirous of this weapon. Uh, but ultimately, Harry decides to nullify its efficacy and therefore help to prevent a future war or any future bloodshed over it, really. Forget about a war, just even the one you know murder of somebody for the sake of something... Uh, like that is, you know, tragic. So, very interesting. So, like, definitely, you know, totalitarianism comes to the front, and these concepts of revolution come to the front in this book, and uh, kind of, you know, war and fighting kind of comes to the front, and, like, war is important, and the ability to fight war and to stop evil people from doing evil uh, by opposing them with, you know, violence of your own, uh, you know, violence that's justified, is good, and is really interesting. Uh, so, I, uh, I don't really know, uh, like, what Rowling is, like, talking about, or, or what her, you know, overall objective or point is of this book, other than wrapping up the series, which I think she does quite well, you know, it brings everything to a head, as I think I've already said twice, <laughs> I need to stop that, and, I don't know, I'm really curious... Well, I mean, my, uh, my eldest really enjoyed the book, and, uh, anyway, there was, um, like, I want to know people's broad reactions to it, because I think it's overall a satisfying ending and a satisfying conclusion, um, and at some point, kind of like in Return of the King, uh, you know, Tolkien's Return of the King, I was, not depressed, but it's like, man, this is, like, really a downer of a book, like, what's going on? And then, you know, things got better. Of course, things got worse! But ultimately, they ended well, and everybody's happy and whatnot, and there's, you know, peace. Um, and I feel like it'll be a lasting peace, although, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind if there were some more conflicts in the Wizarding World, uh, different, you know, you know, outside of Hogwarts, or different things being explored in different ways. Because um, when it's all said and done, it's like a really interesting world that's been developed, and it's really, uh, you know, fun. There's a lot of cool ideas that Rowling got to do in here, and I don't know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. Uh, basically, Harry, Hermione, and Ron are on their own with no guidance and nobody to help them and, well, nobody outwardly saying that they're guiding them and helping them um, and maybe they're receiving help and guidance in, you know, interesting ways. Um, but it's it's a really interesting... I don't know. It, it's like... A, that's like a great metaphor for growing up and... That, <laughs> my, the, my favorite thing in this is that when Harry eventually starts dealing with Voldemort outright, he just starts calling him Tom, or Tom Riddle. Like, he addresses him as Tom Riddle, not Lord Voldemort, not he who must be named, nothing like that. He just starts calling him Tom, which I love that, and I had, um, like, maybe by the third book I thought, hey, it'd be really cool if instead of calling him Voldemort, they just started calling him Tom or Tom Riddle and, you know, mock him by that or whatever. And they do. 
and uh, or Harry does, and it's excellent. And like, really, the final conflict between them is mostly a conversation. I think. I mean, it, it, it's more protracted than that, but it's like you can boil it down to a converse, a conversation. The confrontation is a conversation where Harry basically tells Tom, uh, "You're not a real man, and I'm a real man, and I want to give you a chance to be a real man because that's what real men do." Iron sharpens iron, bro. And... (sighs) It's it's really an incredible moment for Harry. And thinking about it now, it makes me think this book is really about Harry growing up. And Harry becoming a man. Maybe that's what the whole series has been. You know, coming of age, right? Um, But he basically gets to be out in the wilderness figuratively and literally on his own with the help from, with a little help from his friends and they've got to figure it all out and it does not go well for the majority of the book and as soon as it starts to go well and they start making progress Rowling ratchets it up the difficulty and gives them issue after issue after issue to deal with and they do not have an easy go of it and it, you know it's very entertaining because of that and uh yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what else to say. I want to spoil so much. Uh, I'll say this. <laughs> if this movie or this book were an episode of Friends, it would be called The One With All The Deaths. And uh, several people die. I cared about two deaths to a degree that I had no idea I would care about these deaths. And there were a couple surprise deaths that I think Rowling failed to make uh, full na- narrative impact with them in how they went down. And I think that's too bad. I, I don't know why she didn't just add a couple chapters to the book or uh, shift things around to include these deaths. Uh, and maybe because it wouldn't be satisfying or it'd be like too grisly or something. Um, but I miss not having them. And honestly, uh, I didn't get the full emotional effect because of that, I believe. And, uh, that's too bad. That's really too bad. Um, so, yeah, it was, a uh, yeah, it was an interesting book. Like, you get little insights into the past that are supposed to justify certain characters and how they behaved and what they did in this book and perhaps others. And I don't really get it. I didn't really care. I didn't really uh, empathize or sympathize too much. And like in some way, it made things okay for me. And in other ways, some of the consequences of people learning the truth about their actions like didn't make any sense to me. And it was weird. Um, so that was, that was really interesting. I'm, again, overall, it was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. Um, I definitely want to spend more time in the Wizarding World and Hey, lucky me, Cloud Library has a few more uh, rolling uh, books. There's short stuff. There's the Tales of Beetle the Bard, which features in this book. There's, uh, there's a history of Quidditch, for, or Quidditch throughout the ages. Um, there's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. So I'm very interested in checking those out as well, and I'm hoping that they'll be enjoyable and kind of like how I read The Cimmerillion after uh, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy. I hope I will uh, enjoy these, you know, shorter, smaller stories that give us peeks into different parts of the world uh, just as much as I enjoyed the the main series. So that's what I have to say about that. 
I really think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up then uh, because I don't have much else to say. I, I want to spoil it, but I'm not going to spoil it for now. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all. So, toodaloo until next time, folks. Thanks, Pastor Me. I'll take it from here. All right, so, folks, here's, here's what's going on. I have explained this a little bit already, but I will, I'll talk about why I'm making the shift. Uh, I really want to write books professionally. I really want my career to be as an author. Uh, among other things, I'm okay with doing other things, but, uh, <laughs> as long as it's creative, I'll be happy with that. Uh, but really, I, I do want to write stories. I want to tell stories. I want to entertain people with stories. And I, I want to talk about stories, too. I want to write, I want to read, write, and talk about stories. Now, the reading and talking about stories is super easy. Barely an inconvenience. All you got to do is read a story and then talk about it. But I'd like to have some sort of audience to talk about it with. For now, I'm content with talking about books as, or you know, I'm talking about books by myself. Uh, although, you know, the format of Skimming Leaves is to invite a book chat, a casual book chat, as I say. And I'm happy with that. Now, the next thing, the next leg of the journey will also be structured so as to invite a casual book chat. Uh, but it'll be a little more, a little different, a little more, a little faster, a little more uh, put together. And I guess that's the thing. The difference between what's going on right now, uh, what I've been doing with the Harry Potter books, is I took way too long to produce them. I put, uh, I put too much of the wrong kind of effort into them, and I've decided that what I'm going to do instead is, I believe, the list of <clears throat> minimum three dozen uh, books that I've picked for this next project which will take the place of Skimming Leaves. Uh, yeah, it'll take the place of Skimming Leaves for sure. Uh, it will be, be the main thing going out over story over everything for the next uh, year, or for the, you know, for the rest of 2024. And uh, yet, I've decided to make things be structured in such a way that that will not stop me. What does that mean? That means that you will get multiple uploads a week to the story over everything audio podcast feed which is all linked to it, which, which it and everything else I'm doing is being linked at mjmunoz.com. So just about every single day of the week, you're going to see a post going up. Will it be short? Yes. Guaranteed there will be a short post where I'm reading to you what I wrote and giving some commentary on the process of it or describing to you what I've drawn and uh, giving some commentary on the process of it and some thoughts on the creation of it. That's going to be a lot of what you're going to see. But in addition to that, you can expect every week from this week on one book chat going up, which in which I will discuss a middle grade book. And that's about it. <laughs> I'll announce at the end of one episode. Oh, 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 whoa, whoa. I had not decided this yet. Okay, I will announce the next book that I'm going to read at the end of the first episode. And you know what? Hey! I can do this now. The first book I'm going to read in this series of reading and reviewing and talking about these middle grade books, middle grade novels, is Tuck Everlasting, which was published in 1971, or no, 1975, by Babbitt. I don't remember her name. Natalie Babbitt, I think? Natalia or Natalie Babbitt. So, if you want to be in on that with me, go ahead and uh, read it uh, since <laughs> I'm gonna put this. <laughs> I want to wait to tell you what I think about these books until I've actually read them. So instead of saying this is a great book or this is a terrible book or whatever, and then telling you to go read it and look forward to it 
uh, look forward to hearing my commentary on it and maybe joining in with me and making comments about the book. I'm going to tell you, this is the book I'm going to be reading next week and talking about in the book chat. I welcome you to, if you're interested, read it and listen. If you don't want to read it and you don't want to, uh, or listen to the book, because almost every, I think every book I'm going to put on the list, well, I need to verify. Every book I have, I have planned to listen to the audiobook version of it. So that's something you can join me in doing, listening to the audiobook. As well, I'm going to have as many of them be books that can be found for free on Cloud Library or Hoopla, which are legal sources for those sorts of things. And then for some books, I will be listening to the LibriVox version, which is, again, a free and legal uh, copy of the book uh, found in audio format. So I'll provide links to those things as well. Oh, boy, that's more stuff for me to do. It's okay. It's okay. More stuff for me to do, but it's all right. It's going to be good in the long run. I want people to use these free resources, any, free resources anyway because I think it's a good thing to do. You know, media is expensive, uh, but quality media matters, and you're going to want to invest in a nice hard copy of it or buy your own audio version of it or whatever uh, for the future so uh, learning about these books and having yourself exposed to them having your mind open to them is going to help you in the future and the the point of this project that I'm doing is to gain a mastery over middle grade fiction by reading middle grade fiction from the past the classics and middle grade fiction from the modern times which are also considered to be very popular very well received I want to see kind of, what are the limits of middle grade? What is, how far do the bounds of middle grade go? Because honestly, I'm only really interested in writing pulp fantasy superheroes, maybe adventure. Uh, that's about it. And I think that's okay. There's nothing wrong with only wanting to enjoy those things. I don't need to say anything else. That's, that's the truth. There's nothing wrong with only enjoying those things. Um, what I do think is wrong is saying that I'm wrong for only enjoying those and saying I must read if I'm going to read middle grade or anything I must read certain genres or literary fiction or whatever they call the fancy schmancy stuff uh, that I don't really prefer that isn't really my taste so uh, yeah I haven't fully surveyed my list and paid attention to it but I'll be honest and tell you that there are some books on that list that I not, that I am uncomfortable with and that I didn't really want to read but for the sake of this project and for the sake of uh, like I said, attaining some level of mastery and experience and being able to have a, a bit of authority to say, hey, I read all these books and these are my thoughts on them or I read all these books and I did reviews of all of them and here they are, you can read them or listen to them and hear my honest, open thoughts on these books. Uh, I decided to push myself and do that. So, anyway, yeah. So, Chuck Everlasting is the first book in the series of books I'm going to be doing once a week for, please God, the rest of the year. And uh, that should equal... Minimum three dozen or 36 books. Potentially more. So we'll see how everything works out. Um, We'll see how well things go. And if a book is truly horrendous, I might say, I read this for the project. I don't want to talk about it. This is, you know, who it's by. This is when it was written. This is who the publisher was. And uh, if you're interested in it, you can look into it on your own. I have no interest in discussing it. I I sincerely uh, have entertained that idea. And I think, well... I've thought about it so that I can say, you know, if I ran into something like that, what would I do? Well, there, I have my solution. That's exactly what I would do. There are, for sure, adult books that I've read like that, or that I've read and received like that, and I would have the same thing to say. I'm not going to name them here, because while this, uh, this isn't being put out for kids to listen to, it's being put out for adults to listen to, I want it to be all age. Sorry, I got interrupted there, but my point is that my brand is family-friendly. I want to write 
family-friendly things, so I'm going to read and review family-friendly things. And what is family-friendly? It's just, like, subjective. It's just, like, your opinion, man. Yeah, I know. It's just my opinion, man. So I'm going to let you know this is what I'm doing, and this is what I find to be family-friendly, and this is something I don't. And just over time, you'll have to see if you agree with me, if you trust me, if you think I'm a nut then, uh, you know, whatever. You can judge it on a case-by-case basis. That's what I'm going to be doing with all these books I'm reading. I'm going to be judging them on a case-by-case basis and assessing them that way. And uh, you can agree or disagree. That's okay. You can agree or disagree. And if you disagree, that's fine. I'm not telling you... I'm not forcing you to buy books. I'm not forcing you to not buy books. So, uh, yeah. I'm also not calling for people to be canceled or attacked or um, boycott or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Is it a boycott because it's not my preference to buy that and I'm not going to tell people to read it? Uh, I mean, if you want to call that a boycott, you can call it a boycott, but I don't think it's the same thing. It's just like, yeah, this is not me. Um, I'm not going to buy women's pants because I don't wear women's pants. Um, and that's just, uh, just how it is. So anyway, uh, yeah, so what was my overall point? I'm not sure. I guess I'm just trying to let you know what it's going to be like going forward on Story Over Everything. I will continue to make, you know, content. I'm going to continue writing my own books, which are middle grade, and in order to help me understand the market better, help me be exposed to the market in some way, I'm going to be reading slash listening to and talking about middle grade books. And I'm going to cover a spectrum from, like, you know stuff I wouldn't enjoy so much, like everyday normal life, just like the life of a kid, I guess, uh, to really cool stuff, like, uh, you know, kids going off and having adventures, and stuff in between, you know, mystical, magical adventures in, you know, other worlds or whatnot, and then just like, you know, mundane stuff at home. I'm going to cover the whole gamut of that, and I think that's good. And even in my writing, um, I'm having kids, I don't know, I... I want the fantastical, so I'm writing fantastical stuff with my kids, but, like, they're also in mundane settings, um, in their homes, in the suburbs, in, you know, regular places that kids go, um, and even my more fantastical stuff with the grow bugs themselves, uh, that's all, like, it's a (laughs) semi-fantastical area, it's just like a wilderness, it's like a park, like, these bugs are living in this bush in a park, um, but they're magical, and they're having magical adventures in there, so, um, yeah, I just, I like that. That's fun for me. Um, I don't necessarily want to write a, write or read a depressing book about people living normal, sad, boring lives because, uh, you know, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> no, I have, I have a wonderful life and you can too if you, uh, if you decide to make it so. It's, a lot of it is how you look at things. Even, <laughs> a line I stole and I think possibly directly quoted in, put in one of my character's mouths from, uh, from Star Wars, from Qui-Gon Jinn, your focus determines your reality. So, you know, how you want things to be, a lot of what your mindset is and how you think about things is uh, deterministic or, you know, colors heavily your reality because it colors the way you perceive things. So, anyway, um, I think that about does it for me. This has gone a bit longer than I thought it would, but I'm doing, I think, good setup to ramp people up and bring them into uh, the next chapter, which is, you know, we're putting Harry Potter behind us, um, I did end up reading uh, Tales of the Beetle the Bard, and which is really good actually, and uh, Fantastic Beasts. But um, I don't know that I'm going to talk about them. Definitely not Fantastic Beasts. That's not something to talk about. There's not enough of a narrative there. 
uh, but I, it's not something I recommend against reading. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Uh, but yeah, Tales of Beetle the Bard, eh, maybe at some point I'll do it, but, you know, don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that. I definitely suggest you read it. It's uh, it's good stuff. And if you like Harry Potter, it's uh, it's good. And if you didn't like Harry Potter, it's also good. It's just it's good good storytelling. Um, very, very cool stuff. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for now. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, until next time, folks, take care. Be well. This is MJ signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.